that is Come Follow Me, the Savior Spake. And you're listening to Law and Gospel, Rumination Tuesday on this June the 25th in the year of our Lord 2019. And with us in the studio is Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. Beautiful day, beautiful summer day out there. No rain. and I was wondering if the sun existed anymore. Oh, man, I'll tell you, we sure had some rain last you know, I traveled quite a bit in Illinois, going to various churches, and those fields are still soaked. No kidding. Boy. Yeah, and, in and fact, there's some places where it even goes across the road. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Poor farmers have a rough time. I remember when I was uh, in a rural parish, and, and yes. boy, you know, it was, it was really critical when that, when that corn is tasseling that they get rain at the proper time, you know, that... I'd sure hear about it. You know, I was, you know, pretty much spent most of my life in the urban and suburban areas. And well, those farmers, if I didn't pray for rain, I know <laughs> man, you heard about it, you know. <laughs> well, one time and yeah. I remember the first the first summer I was there, they had a bumper crop of everything. I mean, everything right. went well. And it's they at the end of the summer, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you. <laughs> yes. Well, I remember I think I was at Trinity Orchard Farm and they needed rain. I prayed for rain. And three weeks later, I prayed that it stopped raining <laughs> because it was too much rain. I tell you, oh, no, being a, a farmer oh, that takes some faith. I salt think. to the earth, boy. They're good people out there. So, come follow me, the Savior spake, or come follow me, say Christ the Lord. Uh, this hymn is by. You ever hear the guy's name? Johann Scheffler. Yes. Johann Scheffler. He sounds Irish, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, this hymn is based on Matthew chapter 10 and chapter 16, and is considered actually a masterpiece in biblical didactic poetry. And... Um, this hymn was introduced to the Lutheran Church by Johann A. Freilingshausen. <laughs> I never heard of him either. <laughs> but um, didactic poetry, you know, you know what didactic—that's teaching. Yes, poetry that teaches. So we should really have a very good hymn here. It uh, originally was in six stanzas, but the one we have in the uh, hymnal is four stanzas. Come follow me, said Christ the Lord, or as this says, come follow me, the Savior spake. So, if you'd be so kind as to read the first, well, there's actually five stanzas in this hymnal. Right. The first stanza. Okay. Come follow me, the Savior spake, all in my way abiding. Deny yourselves, the world forsake. Obey my call and guiding. O bear the cross, whate'er betide, take my example for your guide. That is really important to understand because we've got a lot of false pastors out there who basically reject the third use of the law. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> you don't understand? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the first use is for yeah, the well, government. I know the different uses of the law. Well, what's the third use? First use is a curb, a curb for society. Second use is a mirror for yeah. our for our sins, showing us that we need 
bringing us to our knees and, and making us realize how what how dire our need for our Savior and forgiveness is. And then the third is uh, a guide for Christian living. A guide for Christian living, and where does that guidance come from? From the Scriptures. That's right. And many pastors are saying, in, in fact, this is really interesting. I, I read a pastor who said, what Pentecost is about is that the Holy Spirit replaces the law. And, of course, he yeah, was for yeah. homosexual activity and such. And he says, the Holy Spirit tells me that that is no longer a sin. Hmm. Well, hmm. as people who are for abortion, they, they don't believe it's oh, a I know, sin it's anymore. Ridiculous. Because they all, have, that, all that stuff is just out the window now, you know. I because mean. the Holy Spirit has replaced the law. And see, there's a bunch of passages. If you don't know how to understand law and gospel, you're going to get all messed up. Because it even says that the law is no longer applicable for us. But, of course, what they're talking about is the need to obey the law in order to get to heaven. Right, 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 right. But yeah, it you, still is a no way guide. Can, there's no way you can get to heaven by keeping the law. No. No way. It's kind of like um, when you were growing up and I was growing up, our parents had certain rules. And uh, after we got married and left them and we came back to the house to visit, we still had the grandkids follow the rules. <laughs> you know, no throwing basketballs in the front room uh -huh. or stuff like that, you know. But we were no longer under the rules. Right. But uh, others were. As Paul says, you got to be kept under the law until the gospel comes. I remember one time. <laughs> oh, this boy. is this is when we lived in the parsonage, and uh, uh, my mother came and visited us, and my wife and I. We were still pretty well newlyweds. Yes. And I reached into the uh, refrigerator or somewhere, cookie uh. jar or something, and grabbed a cookie or something. Right. And my my mom says, uh, "Now, Mark." You're you're not supposed to do that. I said, Mother, this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> I make the rules. This she is my house. Visiting you, and she and she 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 felt foolish. She felt she felt yeah. I she understood. You're right. This is your house. <laughs> I can't call the rules now. Boy, what a wonderful mother you had. <laughs> Uh, my mother would have said, wherever I'm at are my rules. Uh, oh, is that right? <laughs> Her rules followed, huh? I tell you. I remember great. your mother. She was a very nice lady. Yes, yeah. No, very. No, we miss mom and dad as uh, you parents are. Both of mine are, yeah. Are in heaven now, too. That's right. So, so what the Savior is saying to follow him, you don't know how to follow him unless he gives you direction. And so the third use of the law is really important here. Right, absolutely. Because a lot of people think that when I become a Christian and have the Holy Spirit, then I know what God's will is for me. No, that's not correct at all. It's rare that I talk in a sermon about something new that God is saying, watch out for, because everything's usually in the Bible. But you'll never guess how I did the pigs. That oh. The demons went into the pigs. <laughs> yeah, last Sunday. Yes, yes. And so I, my question was, okay, where are we doing taking care of demon possession today? And I did mention that. Baptism. That, well, no. I mean, real yeah. demon possession. Did you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Yeah, that's true. But um, there's actually Lutherans in England that do. 
They do uh, exorcisms. Exorcism. Have yeah. a rite of exorcism. That's right. Somebody asked me the other day if we if we still did. If they they asked if the Catholics still did that, you know. Because oh my the yes, the Roman Catholics. And, and, uh, there are certain priests and only certain Lutheran ministers who are trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Because you really got to make sure you're not dealing with a psychiatric problem or a psychological. It's really a demon possession. I do believe I ran into one. No kidding. Yeah. um, I was at Lutheran Hospital and met Louise. That's where I met her. (laughs) Uh, No, she wasn't. (laughs) But they put me in the psychiatric ward to take care of the people there. And there was a lady there who was very calm and everything. You were an orderly at the time, weren't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I um, would play chess with her. Uh-huh. But every time she heard the name Jesus, she went ballistic. No kidding. They had to give her electric shock therapy, all kinds of things. That's mm-hmm. about the closest I came to yeah. somebody who I think was demon-possessed, yeah. but uh-huh. I had no way yeah. I had left before they had uh, really helped her or such. But um, what I did here... I kind of broadened it, and I said, what demon possession is, is the devil is possessing you in a way. And guess what I said where a lot of that is coming from today? Social media. Ah, really? Well, we've had uh, studies in the Lutheran Witness. Uh, They did a study where... Lutheran Witness official publication of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And they had a study of kids in classrooms in high school for an hour. And during that whole hour, they would, on at the average, get 30 things on their call, phone call. Oh, yeah. You know, because you're... And how many times have you gone to a restaurant and two people are sitting there eating and they're communicating with their phone? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, it's, it's unbelievable. And you know, I, I had an educator say once at a meeting, he said, the, the greatest punishment you could render a, a high school oh kid my. is take their phone away from them. Yeah, exactly. That is. And they've... Uh, Mark isn't concentrating. He's <laughs> waving outside. Oh, there's some to, kids out here looking at us. They're yes. looking at the radio program. Yeah, what well, they're wave. It's a tour. Yes. Yes. So we were warned so we don't look out there and interrupt the program here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they have been finding psychological problems. And see, this guy was isolated. His only friend was demons. And. A lot of these young people become isolated from their family. They're not talking to them anymore. They're talking to their computer friends. And you know how dangerous that can be. Ugh. Remember, we've seen individuals, yeah. you know, I'll meet you at such and such a place. Oh, yeah. The police start arresting them, right. and this sort of thing. So I did say, I really love computers, or else I want to be able to put six sermons together in one week, like I had right. to do two weeks ago. And uh, emails are very good. But there's a real danger to social media if you get so incorporated into it. And I was saying each age has to look to see where is the devil using things that are normally good for bad purposes. Well, that is true. I mean, God yeah. gives us these blessings. You well, know, said. KFUO, just, I think it was yesterday they were, or the day before, they were talking about the use of social media in the church. Yes. And how we have to be cautious with that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, with every blessing God gives us, we just corrupt it. Man, man's sinfulness just corrupts. I don't do no social what. media for members. Uh-huh. I, I don't keep in touch with them with emails and such. Because what happens is the pastor gets the impression that the person is like what he's writing the email. Mm-hmm. And that's quite different than when you meet them face-to-face. Right. 
In fact, even here, if anybody sends me an email, make sure you put your phone number down because I do not reply to theological questions with emails. Mm-hmm. It never gets across properly. And But I'll phone you, you know, at night or something like that. Mm-hmm. At least one phone call to see what you're about. So to follow me, the Savior spake, the biggest thing that they found was happening with this social media, and I found a good article had 12 bad things, but one of them was broken relationships that they had with people that they were in sight of and such like that. But it's just Hmm. interesting. All right, two. I am the light. I light the way. A godly life displaying. I bid you walk as in the day. I keep your feet from straying. I am the way, and well I show how you must sojourn here below. I'd ask you, I bid you walk as in the day. What does that mean? I bid you walk as in the day. Well, we walk by faith, not by sight. But uh, nevertheless, I bid you walk. I'm thinking of Nicodemus. I bid you walk as in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicodemus came under under darkness. Yes. Uh, at, uh, at nighttime. Because, because he was, you know, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, the and he didn't Lord, want yeah. all of his peers knowing that, he's knowing that he Jesus. went and, and uh, talked to Jesus. Right. So, so uh, he wanted to do it in the day. So you think that's what Jesus means here? I bid you walk as in the day. Well, actually, Johann wrote this, not Jesus. Yeah. But I think that's what Johann meant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, all right. To walk in the day means that you're open, you're honest, uh-huh. you don't care what people see doing compared to what you do at nighttime. Mm-hmm. You know. Three, I'll read. My heart abounds in lowliness. My soul with love is glowing. And gracious words my lips express with meekness overflowing. My heart, my mind, my strength, my all, to God I yield on him I call. The phrase that got me here with gracious words my lips express with meekness overflowing. What's the necessity of meekness overflowing? Meekness overflowing, uh, you know, he he, he abounds in... in, uh... And humility. Yes. Uh-huh. Meekness. And so therefore, when I say things like, my sins are forgiven, I'm not boasting about that. I'm meek about that because it's a gift. Right. It's, uh, not, it's not something you've earned. Yeah. What, it's, what's it's that pure, Ephesians passage? We're saved by grace through faith. faith. And that that is not of yourself. It is a yeah. gift of God. Even your faith is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Lest any man should boast. And and that's where the meekness comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. So all that we have that is really tremendous and a lot of people don't know about in Christ was not of our own doing. No. I often say that our conversion, like an adoption, we didn't cooperate in it and we did not contribute to it. It was a gift from God. Um, yeah, just last week I um, had said that about Adoption being the best analogy for how we're saved. And one of the members of the congregation said he was telling that to a friend of his. And he said it really helped the friend understand Hmm. why we don't invite Christ into our hearts. Right, right. Yeah. We can't. No. We can't until we have the Holy Spirit. Right. Can't even pray until we have the Holy Spirit. Even when we have the Holy Spirit, we don't invite him into our hearts. Right. He's already there. Exactly. Yeah. So any invitation to Jesus... 
I'm sure the Trinity says, well, we appreciate being invited. We're, we're all well, we do. Now, we can, you know, once we become believers, we do pray that God would send us, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking that exactly. he pray a special burst of God's Holy Spirit into our hearts and, and flood us yes. with his Holy Spirit. Again, it's that distinction you're making between justification, where we do nothing, and sanctification, where we have the Holy Spirit motivate us. In fact, the Bible uses uh, two different concepts of good works. The works we do, apart from the Holy Spirit, are just good works. Even an atheist can do them. Mm -hmm. But the works done through the Holy Spirit are called... Fruits of faith. Very good. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can... Do nothing. Stanza four. I teach you how to shun and flee what harms your soul's salvation, your heart from every guile to free from sin and its temptation. I am the refuge of the soul and lead you to your heavenly goal. Explain to me I am the refuge of well, the soul. He, he's, he's our fortress, like like the hymn. A mighty fortress is our God. He's our refuge. He's our, he's our uh, solace, yes. our, our rock. The place where we can go to be safe. Yeah. That would be refuge. Right. Yes. And he teaches us how to shun and flee. What harms our soul's salvation. Yeah, that's really good. And that's by teaching us the doctrine of God's word particularly law and gospel, and therefore we're freed from every guile, from sin and its temptation. Yeah, I don't know if many people understand that Jesus is refuge. Yeah. um, What would be another synonym for that? Fortress. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see. Wherever you go... You know, you're on a long trip. You really look forward to getting home and yeah. relaxing in your nice chair. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, what's that? What's that? How's that hymn go? Uh, where we're river in the rock for me, thirst to relieve. Uh, what is that hymn? Boy, I know. it's a familiar one. Oh yeah, real familiar. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a mighty fortress, but <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, I, I, there's another song you hear on the radio once a while, uh, you know, where t- yeah. I hideth, I hideth my, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. What's that referring to? Uh, it's referring to that, that uh, account where God put Moses, Moses in yeah. the cleft of a rock and he passed by and showed him his backside. He only could see his backside. Right, right. But he, he hides, he hides him in a cleft of a rock. Do we ever see the backside of God as Christians? Uh, that's uh, you told me once. That's the cross. That's right. I it's got that. The cross is Charlemagne. Charlemagne. Charlemagne said, "Oh well, well it's got to be right." Charlemagne said. <laughs> yeah. Charlemagne said that the backside of of God was the cross. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it, it's neat. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. You, I, I didn't. You told me that within the last year, and I've oh, never heard that before. Yeah. No. It's. Um, I, I do have a gift. Not of finding insights in the Bible, but remembering insights I was told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is that is worth remembering. That is a great one. Yeah, it, you know, because I've never really understood what 
he, he shows his backside. What is that backside? Yeah. It's, it's the cross. It's the cross. Sure it is. Yeah. And um, because when we look at the backside of anybody, you hardly get to know them. But looking at the backside of the cross, that's how you really get to know what God yeah, is like. Right. And that's uh, where we that's where he meets us is at the cross. So final stanza, please. Now, this final stanza, I've got, some, I've got something to say about this final stanza when we're done here. Okay. Then let us follow Christ our Lord and take the cross appointed and firmly clinging to his word in suffering be undaunted. For those who bear the battle strain, the crown of heavenly life obtain. Now, I'll tell you, I, I, bet, you, I bet you $50 that if you look at the old Lutheran hymnal, that last line is different. It, it goes something like... Well, didn't you look at it? I looked for it, but it's not in Lutheran worship. I'm pretty sure it's in the old Lutheran hymnal. Okay, and, and it went say? like this. For those... It, it, it came off, if I remember right, and I'm willing to bet you 50 bucks on it. I think it says, who does not bear the battle strain... The crown of life will not obtain. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, that I can see why they changed that. It's like what I do For with every sermon. who bears not the battle strain, the crown of life will not You don't want to end a sermon on a note like no, that. No, 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 and no. And those of you who don't repent of yeah, your sins yeah, and yeah. change, <laughs> you know, forget about it. In, in fact, uh, I just did a study on that from uh, Galatians. Those who practice these kinds of things will not obtain heaven. Uh-huh. And my, you know, it was jealousy, strife, um, yeah, fornication, all this. And I looked out and I said, "Anybody here who doesn't do these things, well, I guess you're not going to heaven." <laughs> and then the thing is, is that word "those who practice." Yes, it means you love to do that kind of sin. There's no repentance in that kind of sin, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that we're talking about there. But the Christian has repentance, so we don't practice that uh, kind of lifestyle. Right. Um, so it's really quite a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You take a look at the Lutheran hymnal. See if I'm. See if I'm. I'm pretty sure. Well, about I don't this. want to take your fifty bucks. <laughs> but that's a good point to make. You should always end a hymn on a high note. Absolutely. Uh, or also. I've heard so many sermons. That, sermons same way. You, oh. you, you, you want to, you want those people walking out with the gospel ringing in their ears. You want them to have no doubt whatsoever. Poor miserable sinners, yes, but forgiven sinners That's in Jesus why Christ. Some of the worst Sundays to listen to sermons are stewardship Sundays. Yes, yes. Because at the end of it, if you really love Jesus, right. you'll contribute. You yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> oh, I know. It's yeah. important that yeah. we are pious Christians, but we are not going to do it on the basis of the law. Yeah, if you find a really, really good gospel-oriented stewardship sermon, hold on to it. Well, actually, um, Wes Reimnitz was kind of ahead of that in central Illinois when uh-huh. we were teaching people. Yeah. And he'll be uh, on, on Thursday. Oh, good. Uh, you already have a different subject we're going to talk about. And where's your congregation? Uh, it's uh, just south of the Watson, New Sappington Road intersection, uh, 5 o'clock Saturday evening or 9 o'clock Sunday morning at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church at Crestwood. We'd love to have you. Crestwood, Missouri, that's St. Louis. That's right. Yes. We're, we're not in California no. right now or anything. Yes. All righty. I'm Tom Baker. God willing, we'll be back next week for another Take a Look at the Hymn. 
And at this point, Bible study tomorrow. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.